Jesus said, if you have the faith of a grain of a mustard seed and say to a mountain, be removed, it'd be cast in the sea. It's not the amount of faith you have, contrary to a lot of teaching today. It's that does it exist at all? And is it in the will of God? If it's in the will of God, even a grain of a mustard seed, it'll happen. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through his series called Close Encounters with Jesus. So, get ready to follow along in your Bible as we join Pastor Mike. And this morning, if you have your Bibles, I'd like to invite you to open them to the book of Luke, chapter 24. Luke 24. And again, we've been going through close encounters with Jesus. I think that's always so important. You know, the Holy Spirit has been given to us to not only motivate us and to give us that love that comes from God that can be then conveyed to others, but also to heal us. And this morning... You may be in need of a special type of healing. Maybe your body's okay. Maybe you don't have a touch of the cold or a cancer or something. But all of us need to be healed by God, a continual cleansing. It's interesting that Jesus called us his children. And one of the things children need, any of you that have children recognize and know, children need maintenance. That's one of the things they do. If they have a clean face, it won't be clean very long. If they have clean clothes, well, that's just a better excuse to get them dirty. In fact, if you tell them to be quiet, it seems they want to do the exact opposite. If there's one toy that they're going to fight over, though the whole room is filled with toys, that's the one they'll always pick. Children need maintenance. And I got some great news for you here today. You are God's children. And because of that, you have a loving Father in heaven that wants to be intimately involved with you. And when we look at this today, again, these these ways that we find more about our Lord, more about Jesus, who he was, who he is, and what he will be to us each and every day, not only now, but in the future, I believe these verses are so important because they reflect the loving Father that we all have. Father, as we read your word today, may now your Holy Spirit come in a special way and minister to every heart listening to you, whether in this room, around the world, on the internet, listening on Facebook or some other place, God, we just ask you now that your Holy Spirit would convey to us that love that you have for us and that, God, you want to fix us in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, one of the things that we always continually recognize, no matter what it is, anything made needs maintenance. 
And when you think about that for a minute, whether it be your car or whether it be your toaster, you know, you have a burnt up piece of toast in there and you don't just leave it in there for the next day for it to really smoke up the house. I remember a story one time, I've shared this before, but it, it's pretty astounding to me. I like cars, I like mechanical things. And I remember reading a story about a guy who had purchased, actually it was a woman who purchased a Toyota. Now, the thing is, she bought this car and in 47,000 miles, I believe it was, she never once opened the hood. Never once took it in for an oil change. Never did any maintenance whatsoever. The car went 47,000 and disintegrated. I don't know all the details, but it tells me a lot about First of all, the best of any car needs to have its oil changed. And the little owner's manual tells you what you need to do every 3,000, 6,000, 12,000 miles, or 99,000 miles, and don't forget that timing belt. All those things that are part of the maintenance of a car. Yet the Bible is the maintenance book for us. And yes, oftentimes it is the most neglected book. We go 40,000 miles and we blow up. Why? Well, because just as there are anything mechanically made needs maintenance, how much more do you who are interacting with people and your feelings can become hurt, you can pick up wrong ideas and and, uh, about other people or about things. What maintenances us? Well, I believe, again, the Word of God does that. And so as we look at this and the close encounters with Jesus, we remember last week as we were reading, Jesus had caught up with the disciples on the Sea of Galilee, and they had caught nothing. And we remember that when Jesus began to work with them, he said, from now on, you're going to be catching men. Well, right before that, and then this will actually bring us up to the point of Jesus's resurrection. After Jesus was crucified, Jesus appeared to a couple of disciples on the road to Emmaus, and they were all discussing it. They were in one room at one time. And so it tells us here that verse 36 Now, when they had said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, peace to you. I like that. God brings peace into our lives. And what peace is, is a settling. And no matter what's going on around us, God settles your heart. Now, in part of settling your heart is perception of God's hand in your life. If there is no perception of God working all things to the good, to those that love and know God according to his purpose, there will be no peace in your life. Here's why. Because the thing is, we have a lot of loose ends every day. We have things that are not completed. We have thoughts that are not finished. We have projects that have not been completed as well. God is the one who brings peace. Peace. And one of the great things about God's peace in our life is that we get his perspective rather than ours. And so he says, and the very first thing he says to them is peace to you. Not pieces to you. That's what the world offers. Shambles, uncompleted, unknown. God gives us his peace. He settles us. Now I found a couple of things. When you're settled, you're in a lot better frame of mind 
to do something than you are when everything's jumbled. I don't know how many people here have ever had something happen where you have to get something done. You've got a lot of projects going on and, and it, it just seems to escalate. And you're going, ah, I can't do it all. It's overwhelming. Jesus says, peace to you. I like that. How do we get God's peace? Well, we're going to read about that. They were terrified and frightened and suppose they had seen a spirit. Jesus appears to them. Again, no doors opening or closing. It's just Jesus appears. And as he appears, they're frightened. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold, or hey, look at my hands and my feet, that it is I myself, handle me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Now, again, this tells me a couple of things. The marks of the crucifixion were still in Jesus's body after he was resurrected. And I don't believe it was just these. I believe when they blindfolded him and they beat him in the face, they shoved the crown of thorns on his head. All of these swellings and all of these, like I say, bruisings and all those things were there. I think this is why Jesus was hard to recognize after the crucifixion. But what's amazing here, friends, is that these marks were still in Jesus's body. A lot of people have asked the question, and in fact, if you do a study on it, why are the marks of the crucifixion in Jesus's resurrected body? There's a lot of explanations, and I think they're all probably very good. One may very well be that he demonstrated with his broken body the power over death. No matter what you do to me, buddy, I'm coming back. That might be the first one. Another one may very well be is that in Jesus' broken body, it shows that we can still function. God has a better way of looking at life than we do, and we will see what Jesus went through to redeem us and our sins. Peter says, by his stripes, we are healed. And yet his marks in his body are still there, which tells me the healing power of God is for you and me today. I need that. I need my memories healed. Sometimes I need my body healed, my back especially. Anybody here that's got a bad back, you know how those things are. They work for a while and then they don't work and you don't really even know why it goes out. It just does. Sometimes you need your feelings fixed. You ever had your feelings hurt? You ever been jaded by a lover where it feels like a million ton fist has slugged you in the chest? That's why the Bible tells us sometimes in Paul's writing, it says uh, the bowels of tender mercy. And you go, that sounds pretty weird. Why does he say that? Because the Greeks believed that the deepest emotion you could ever experience was that in your innermost being. Have you ever laughed so hard your side hurt? 
Have you ever been hurt by somebody so much it breaks your heart? That's what it's talking about. Yet Jesus carries these marks in his body so that you can be healed. And I believe that's a reminder for us to do this. And I believe that, again, someday, everyone, we will see what Jesus went through to save us and redeem us. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 5, when a strong angel cries out and has the scroll in his hand, who is able to take the scroll and unloose its seal? The Bible... John says, I wept because there was no one. And then a lamb stepped out like he had been slain. I believe that was Jesus Christ. I think we're going to see those marks. I think this is why Jesus was not easily to be recognized. I believe that. And we're going to look at Jesus and we're going to see the, the swelling. And, and, and I've shared this before. I, I've been to um, mortuaries where it's sometimes a closed casket because the individual had been in a wreck. And I, 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 and I sometimes have done identifications for people, and, and, and the body was so bruised that those marks are still there in the body. And, and they're disfigured, and it's hard to almost even recognize them because of the puffiness and all the things that happened. And I realize that when someday we stand before the Lord, we're going to see what Jesus went through to save you and me. I like that. But those marks are there for a reason, and that is for your healing. Now listen, I think we carry a lot of burdens in our life that we don't need to. Take it to the cross and leave it there. We have a lot of broken things about us. Do you know your brokenness does not affect God's love towards you? In fact, it's just the opposite. When, God rec- when we recognize that God's the only one that's going to fix what's wrong with me, I'm confessing him as Lord. It's not that, well, God, here I am again. I'm a kind of a train wreck. God goes, I love train wrecks. God loves you. And God is not weighted down or burdened down by our things that we need in our life. And I think sometimes we we feel that way towards God. Remember, Jesus multiplied the loaves and fishes. He made everything that we see on this earth from nothing. That tells me a lot about God. Because what it does is it means that God is not burdened by our need. So always go to your daddy in heaven when you have a need. Don't go to him last, go to him first and say, Lord, I have this need in my life. I don't know how you're going to do it, but please do it. Now, the old adage, stop sign, red, yellow, green. Sometimes God says no. Sometimes God says wait. And then sometimes God says go. Now, here's the thing. As you mature in the Lord, As you grow in Jesus, you'll appreciate every single one of those. The go, the wait, or the stop. Why is that? Because God's working something out. Remember, you belong to Christ. The day you accepted Christ is the day you took the title deed of your life, the pink slip that you have, you know, on your car. Well, the pink slip that you have for you, you signed it over and gave it to God. Say, okay, God, from whatever time I have left on this planet, it's yours. And God goes, all right, now we can get somewhere. And because you're God's property, 
God has allowed things to come into your life. And I know a lot of people say, well, if God is so powerful and so good, why do I go through this pain I'm going through? Peace I give unto you. Remember, seeing God in the midst of the problem, realizing that God is postponing, stopping you, or giving you the green light to go according to his will. Now, here is something that I've seen. I remember years ago, we had a piece of property. And I tried to sell it. It was over located over off of Eastland, and I tried to sell it, and, and I, 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 nobody wanted it. And I kept saying, God, you know, what, what's the deal here? You know, we, we, you know, we're claiming it, you know, and nothing's happening. Well, you know, you just didn't have enough faith. Well, had all the faith I could muster. And by the way, it's never how much faith you have. Jesus said if you had the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, and say to a mountain, be removed, it'd be cast in the sea. It's not the amount of faith you have, contrary to a lot of teaching today. It's that does it exist at all, and is it in the will of God? If it's in the will of God, even a grain of a mustard seed, it'll happen. Nobody wanted it. Realtor come to me and they said, well, you're going to have to drop your price. And it's a weird thing. I went and I prayed and I said, God, what do you want me to do? This isn't good. And the Lord spoke to me and said, double the price. Huh? If it didn't sell for 97000 it isn't going to sell for more money. So I didn't, it wasn't quite double the price, but I raised it up to one fifty. The craziest thing, it sold. And I look at that and I go, God, how is it that your economics... Your way of doing things is so different. If you're going through something right now in your life and it seems like it's being blocked, it's being blocked for a reason. First, as a child of God, recognize this. God loves you. God has the best for you. Okay? God has the best for you. But sometimes to get God's best, we have to wait on the Lord. Those that what? Wait on the Lord, renew their strength. They mount up with wings as eagles. They run and they're not weary. They walk and they don't faint. Waiting on the Lord means you're turning the issue over to him. Now, I am an instant kind of guy. I, uh, I like old radios. I mentioned this a couple times. And the thing is, I like the transistor radios from about mid-60s on. The shortwave radios that were made before that had tubes, and you had to turn them on, and you had to wait for them to warm up. Now, I know that sounds kind of archaic and dinosaur. And What was it like when the earth was cooling? But beside that, having to wait for anything to warm up to use it was, was awful. Because you never knew if it was ever really going to come on. You know, after two minutes, if it ain't on, it probably ain't coming on. Well, that's the way it was. I'm impatient by nature. I I think a, a lot of impatientness, and I hate to say this, comes from being selfish. You know, my time is valuable and I haven't got no time to spend. Well, that's sometimes the way it is. Well, God says, you won't learn about me. In an instant world, it's that I want you to see 
when I slow you down or I ask, when you ask me to do something, I don't do it according to your schedule, that I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it so it's for your betterment. What we find here, the marks are still in Jesus's body today in heaven. Why? Because we need to be healed, friends. We just do. And the healing that God does in our lives sometimes is trying to cure us from an impatient heart. I, I get impatient sometimes. I, I want things to be done now. And, and it bugs me when they're not. But God says, wait on me. I've got something better I want to accomplish in this picture. So, behold, verse 39 again. My hands and my feet, it's I myself. Handle me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they were, they, and I, this is an incredible verse. But while they still did not believe for the joy and marveled, he said to them, have you any food here? I think it's interesting that uh, our new bodies can still eat. That's a good thing in heaven. So, um, you know, I found something interesting. And, and if you're younger listening to this, you may not get what I'm saying today, but you will. As you get older, you don't care how high it flies or how fast it goes. It's how does it taste. And I have found that that's kind of a neat thing. But anyway, beside that, Jesus said, do you have any food here? And so it says here, they brought him a piece of broiled fish. Sounds good to me. And some honeycomb took it, ate it in their presence. He wasn't an essence. He wasn't a ghost. He had a real physical body that could appear and disappear and yet still eat food. I mean, this is a dream of every parent. You can just pop in and pop out on your kids, you know, without them knowing you're coming. You ever notice that with your kids? When they hear you walking down the hall, boy, they can, they can toe the line. Well, as you look at this, Jesus body was broken for our healing. Remember that. And don't feel that God has forgotten you if he gives you the red light or gives you the weight because he's going to bless you bigger in the long run. And he said to them, these are the words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which are written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Nothing happened to Jesus by accident. The cross was a necessary part of the redemption of what God was going to do for all of us. And I think that's really important because remember this. You as a Christian, nothing happens to you by accident. You are God's child. You say, well, what about the devil? Remember, the devil is still God's devil. The devil can't do whatever he wants to do. He can only do what God allows him to do because you belong to him. Transfer of ownership. Now, remember, Job as an example. We remember there was... No protection for his kids. If you remember reading the story, a roof caved in, killed his kids. People say, well, what about that? 
If you'll read the story, you'll find that Job was making intercession, offering sacrifices for his children. The question is, why wasn't his children offering sacrifices for themselves? They didn't know God. When you're outside of God, you're outside of God's protection. And when you're outside of God's protection, things don't necessarily go for the good for you. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.